still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. The boys back down to earth in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever, whether it's a win against the champions or a heavy defeat against the potentially future champion Saris by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom. Tom, how are you? Very good, mate. Yeah, it's um, we've 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 been quite quiet this weekend, haven't we? We were, I think, yeah. You you've 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 got a good excuse. You were you were working over the weekend. I um, yeah, I got a little bit caught up in the first weekend of the Six Nations, um, England, Scotland, and all and all the rest of it. So obviously the Saracens games not being not not being televised. Kind of just catching up on that that more recently. But gee, our, the unbeaten run of the of 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 the boys. Is has come crashing to an end in in 2022. Um, I, yeah, I don't think many expected it to go on too much longer. But yeah, unfortunately, fortunately that 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 ride's come to an end. Yeah, it's been it's been a, a good couple of weeks on the podcast. Obviously, two victories, having Max on, and also the 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 antics of Lara Shaw. It's kind of felt like we've been riding a bit of a wave, and and certainly came off that wave from both the Bath and also an England perspective on Saturday, Tom. Two pretty, pretty tough defeats. Um, I'm sure you enjoyed your day, but despite the rugby, but but kind of looking back on, on Saturday, that was um, quite humbling for, for both sides, I thought. Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, kind of the silver lining being that 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 Wales had it had it well and truly handed to them by by the Irish in what was a, a clinical display. And to be honest, it's me fans listen to this. Mate, yeah. <laughs> well, um, from a Bath point of view, then it made it made us feel made me feel a little bit better about the Leinster the Leinster result a few a few weeks ago, whatever it was, sixty four points that we conceded because they were fantastically clinical and they're, they're as they generally do eighteen months out from the World Cup, they Ireland were looking looking great, and you know England England it was a difficult one, but I think for 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 much of that game, probably the first fifty or sixty minutes, we you know we kind of had the edge over Scotland and I think we, we we gave up a fair few opportunities, maybe 10, 12. Eddie Jones was even saying 15 points in, in the presser today. And I think we, we probably we probably should have been further ahead and we probably should have had the, the game out of sight, but we didn't. And then a couple of poor tactical decisions by Jones, obviously the, the yellow card penalty tried by Cowan Dickey and suddenly the, 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 the game got away from us a little bit. Um, and you know we were unlucky not to get that penalty at the end. I think Jaco Piper bottled it a little bit at the end, shall we say, not giving that, not not giving us a scrum penalty. But yeah, I think you, we, we've got to be better at better at taking our chances from England point of view. Mm. Yeah, certainly, certainly difficult kind of last ten minutes, wasn't it? It felt like we had that game won when when we were sort of closing in on that 15 minutes, but it, but it all changed absolutely with that, that Dickey yellow card and, and penalty try. And, 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 and yeah, Joe Marler throwing in at the line out did about as good a job as what I would do. And, and that ultimately cost us the game, not bringing on Jamie George there seemed, seemed crazy to me. Yeah. And obviously the substitution of, of Marcus Smith for, for George Ford kind of changed the, changed mm. the dynamic a little bit. I didn't really see, see the need, need to do that. Yeah. Some kind of strange decisions, 
you know, been a massive supporter of Eddie Jones over the last few years. But some strange decisions, I think, that he's he's been making. I mean, when you've got Henry Slade at 12, he, he's barely played in that position. Elliot Daly at 13, he's obviously played most of the last few years at, at 15. And then Joe Marchant and Max Malins on the wingers who aren't, who aren't genuine wingers. So I think, yeah, we've obviously gone down this route of picking versatile players who can, who can kind of, who are well-rounded and can play in different positions. But I think we're certainly missing kind of some of the specialist world-class players in their position. You know, Anthony Watson, for example, Jack Nowell, who only came on very late, Johnny May, um, and, 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 and others, Manny Tuolangi, obviously, who, 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 who looks to be coming back into the squad. So, yeah, some, some strange selection decisions. Um, but, you know, I think we, we, we were very close and we, we, we probably should have won that game, as you say. Yeah, a few of those specialists from an England point of view were turning out for Saracens on Saturday at the Stonex. Absolutely soulless by the sounds of it, Stonex Stadium um, for Saracens against Bath. Bath coming back down to earth really badly with a, a 40 points to three loss, a complete capitulation from, from about the end of the first half throughout the, in, throughout the second half, Tom. I kind of get the impression from looking at social media and, and kind of just the logistics of the day being that England were on and Bath weren't on the telly and Bath were playing Saracens. I get the impression that a lot of Bath fans who weren't there haven't then gone and caught up with the game. Now, Tom, we've had the the absolute pleasure of watching the game back this evening. So what I thought would be a good way of tackling this podcast would just be to maybe go through some key points from the game for someone that hasn't watched the game to kind of save them from having to, to watch the game. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, it's definitely a, an hour and 51 minutes, I think, is the, <laughs> is the length of the full match video. Yeah, I won't, I won't be getting that back. So we'll, we'll, we'll try and summarise as, as best we can to, to, to save, you from, save you from the same fate. Okay, so why don't I get us kicked off, Tom? And I think the first point to, to point out is that we lost, what, 71-17 in the first fixture, 40 mm-hmm. points to three in this fixture. And I think it could have been 70 points to three in this fixture. You know, I think the, the, the scoreline in the end probably even flattered, Sar- flattered Bath in that it could have been a lot more for Saracens. Is that how you saw this game? Yeah, they they had plenty of chances, kind of kind of scattered throughout the game, but particularly in 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 the second half, kind of final pass went to ground a couple of a couple of times. So yeah, I think possibly they could have they could have stretched the the final tally from for Saracens probably up to fifty, maybe even sixty. Um, again, but I I also think Bath had quite a few chances, which surprise surprise we were unable to take. I mean, we we as we've done for a lot of this season, G decided to to kick for the corner, and then the the driving mall looked very very ineffective. We also had a couple of a couple of chances in the first half. Nathan Hughes and Mike Williams, who both took crash balls round the short side and were were driven into touch in the corner and held up respectively. So, yeah, I think what was it a thirty seven point margin in the end? I think maybe Saracens could have had a couple more tries, but. Potentially, you could argue that that if Bath had been a bit more clinical, we could have done as well. Yeah, I, I do think that that Saracens opened us up at will in that second half, and and often that last pass just went to ground on on two or three occasions in that second half, and and in the first half, kind of for it to be only six three going into I think the thirty seventh minute, I think that massively flattered Bath. And whilst we did have chances close to the line, 
Um, I'm not sure that we ever looked really threatening. And I think Saracens on a number of occasions did did look threatening. And and, and from my point of view, I, I think that could have easily been sort of a 50, 60 points to, to three defeat for Bath. So, so from that point of view, certainly not a good one. I think the second key point for someone, Tom, not to, that hasn't watched this game, um, and it was a massive turnaround from what happened in the Harlequins game, but the pack was, was absolutely bullied by Saracens, um, particularly at scrum time. You know, I think they got four or five penalties at scrum time and even the ones they didn't get penalties on, they were consistently pushing us backwards uh, and, and Nathan Hughes was under a lot of pressure from the base. Not such a good day for, for those two Bath props, Caldwell and Murray. No, we were, we were dominated. I mean, Makovinopola and uh, Vincent Cock. It's a, it's a pretty, handy, pretty handy pair of props to be able to, to, be able to field. Obviously, with the, with the injuries that we have in that department, Lewis Boyce, Johannes Jonker, Benno Urbano, um, Jranus Schumann, and obviously Will Stewart unavailable with England. We are down to kind of the, the, the kind of lower echelons of our, um, you know, more junior players and also obviously Valerie Morozov, who we, we brought in on, you know, on, as, kind of, as kind of injury cover. So it was always going to be difficult, I think, particularly when you consider that the two starting props, Arthur Caldwell and Darcy Ray, both played the full 80 minutes against Harlequins. And we, and we praised them for doing that. And it was a huge effort. But physically... I think obviously that would have taken its toll. And when you're playing against two props that have, you know, have been in World Cup finals, have won World Cup finals and are very, very dominant scrummagers, particularly Vincent Koch, it was, it was, it was always going to be difficult. But, you know, you can't, you can't win a game of rugby if you're conceding five or six scrum penalties um, throughout the game. They had, they had complete dominance in, 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 in that area. I mean, to be fair, they were an absolute joy to watch. Vinopola and Cock didn't look like they broke sweats and they were just marching our props backwards. It was, um, yeah, a, a, real, a, a real key point of the game. It's about as, 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 as kind of, you know, you don't see many more dominant scrums at, at premiership level than, than that. I mean, the one that, the, the, the game that it kind of reminded me of was that Worcester defeat at six ways when we had two or three guys go off into the bin and we played on to about 94 minutes and they they ended up getting the getting the win in, in what was a very pain, painful defeat this one that felt like the writing was 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 much more on the wall but to be honest I would have liked to have seen changes being made earlier I think particularly when you're a young guy like Arthur Caldwell who's only got a handful of, of premiership starts you know, he's struggling. He's against one of the best tight heads in the world from, from a scrummaging perspective. We've got Valerie Morozov on the bench who's who's fresher. He hasn't played in a week or so. He he's 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 you know, he's he's scrum he's would have scrummaged against Vincent Cott lots of times playing for sale. He's he's a much bigger man, he's got international experience. I, I would really like to see her make 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 that change earlier because it was never gonna turn around for, for Arthur Caldwell there. Well, I mean he came on on what 45, 47 minutes. Yeah, I think it was about 48, 49. I, I just think, I just think you, you, you save off Caldwell for another day and 20, 25 minutes, half an hour in. <laughs> I'd, I, I would have been wanting to make that change because I just didn't see any way that it was going to turn around by that point. Yeah, but, but I'm not sure it got much better with Morisov on. To be fair, no, 
as it turned out. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think we were ones who were hiding there, kind of with with the props we had available, and with Cot coming back and and Mako kind of trying to prove a point. Who you know, I thought he was excellent. Yeah, that 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 was really poor. But I, but I don't think it was just at the scrum, Tom. I think generally speaking, they had the edge in the forwards just about everywhere. Breakdown, scrum. And, and line out and more is an area that we've harped on a lot about, but I know you were really disappointed with it this week. I it was poor. And when you're when you're when you're consistently choosing to kick for the corner and back your your more drive, and then you, it felt like every time the right, as I say, it was just inevitable that we either get it would get it sacked and and Saracens would get the scrum and then get the penalty from that scrum because they had that dominance, or we'd we'd splinter off. And as you say, Saracens completely won the battle of breakdown. And it, it just felt we, we didn't really have any, we'd run out of ideas. We didn't really have any, any, any options. We didn't, it didn't look like we really believed we could score from those, those driving malls. And we didn't even get close to scoring. Then on, when, when, the, when the shoe was on the other foot, Tom Wollstonecroft, obviously formerly, formerly of Bath in his, his early days, had an absolute field day, just kind of, riding the the Saracens mall from from you know from from the back and, and getting over for for a couple of tries and again it was the half compete it was the uh it was the just they were just not sure what they were doing and it's uh yeah obviously it's 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 it's, it's not a good area and it's something that Neil Hatley needs to have a have a ha- having a proper look at keeping the line out coach though yep yeah, the genius that is. Yeah, you know, you look at you look at Wilson Croft's two tries, Tom, and 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 I, I I urge Bath fans not to. But you look at where our our two second rows are when he actually goes to crash over, and they're absolutely nowhere near kind of putting their weight towards the ball. They've both splintered to the side, and it's like those are the two main cogs in that defensive and attacking, but in this instance, defensive mall. And yeah, I thought both of them really struggled on the day. I thought the whole front five really struggled. And, and they, they're just so immobile, aren't they, as well? And, and on a day like that, when Saracens were moving the ball around, you know, on, a, on an artificial surface with, with what looks to be a really fit pack, we were again exposed. And there were just a couple of occasions where, where there was just no support for our guys. You know, I think, the, for example, the, the Lewington try, the Saracens' fourth try comes from a penalty in which we actually make a break down the left-hand side. Rocco makes the break, and the only person there to clear to clear the ball out is Will Muir, and they obviously get the turnover because they got two guys over the ball, and from that they go down the other end and score. And there's like three or four four members of the pack just kind of not up with the pace. And yeah, I thought that was really exposed, and I thought I thought it was a really tough day for for the pack who who were good against Harlequins. But I think were look, look tired and, and slightly outclassed on Saturday. Exactly, they were they they're poorly coached for, for for the most part on or have been for for a lot of this season. Saracens have got world class guys scattered through that that pack and very very you know um, experienced guys at international and club level who know exactly what they're doing and how to how to manage those sorts of situations. Again, I don't fault the individual effort. That, that guys were putting in around the park, and again there were some some big shots going in. At times there were, the, you know, I think the ball carrying was was better. Having Nathan Hughes at number eight and Jakko Kutzer at seven, I think there were some, you know, there were at times we at times we looked a little bit more dangerous with 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 kind of going forwards with with ball in hand for our pack. But as you say, we were we we were completely outclassed and against a, a pack with Nathan Earl. 
Andy Christie and guys who are mobile, able to get over the ball at the breakdown, even Billy Vinopolo, who had a couple of turnovers. We really do miss our more mobile back rowers. I mean, guys like Sam Underhill, well, mm-hmm. Sam Underhill, Miles Reed, and Josh Bayliss in particular. Those guys, they're guys, they're guys that can get around the field, get over the ball, win turnovers. Due, you know, due to injuries, we're having to we're having to put out essentially one second row and two number eights in the in the back row with Mike Williams, Yaka Kutsir, and Nathan Hughes, and then Noah Merrigan off the bench, who's who's obviously number eight as well. So it's very difficult with the the injuries and that we've got and the guys who are out on international duty as well. But yeah, we were. We were never at the races in, in any department, scrum, line or breakdown. So Nathan Hughes hasn't come in and solved all, all of Bath's problems then? Because that's what people wanted to tell me last week. No, I think, I think we know. We, we, people are very, well, very quiet on Twitter this week about Nathan Hughes. They're, I think people are very quiet. I think people are very quiet on Twitter generally. I didn't think he, I didn't think he, had, a, he, had, he had a bad game, all in all. Um, he, didn't, he didn't quite have the... The same impact as he did under the under the BT Friday Night Lights at Quinns, um, but I think I think he offers what we what we said last time. He he he, off, he offers go forward. He put in a, a a few big shots around the breakdown, but it's still very early days with with him being at, at the rep for a couple of weeks. So, I mean, I wouldn't start to look, look too smug, G. <laughs> my point remains: Nair Merrigan should be playing at eight for Bath, but anyway, let's not go over that again. And my Tom, I'd love to be able to talk about the the back play kind of more where my my speciality, I guess, if you could call it that, lies. But I think the third key point that I'll make is that the backs were almost non-existent in this game. I think the plan was was pretty clear that, that Spencer was going to try and play territory, try and control the game as, as he did against Harlequins. Um, but unfortunately, you know, Good and their back three are much more adept at playing that sort of style and, and, and they dealt with that with absolutely no issues. Um, and I think even as the game progressed, and the game became more out of sight. We really didn't see much of the the wingers with ball in hand, and and with the the, the centres, and, and and it's very difficult with a Joma playing at ten in in a game like that. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the the back play was 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 just quiet, and uh, and yeah, there just wasn't much to there, there wasn't much invention or, or kind of ball in hand from from Bath's backs. Yeah, I mean a Joma Joseph Will Butt when he came on. Um, Cam, Cam Redpath, even Rocket Aguni at fullback, we barely saw them with with ball in hand. When they got it, they kind of they, they kicked it away, as you say. I mean, fair play to Ben Spencer. Yet again, he pulled out a couple of lovely moments, and he he knows the dimensions of that ground, like the back of his hand. I mean, there was one kick yeah. that was an absolute monster down into to the twenty two. Mm-hmm. But as you say, Alex Good, Sean Maitland, they they know how to combat that that kind of game. That's what they've. That's what that's the sort of that territorial game's the sort of the sort of um sort of game plan that they they built their championships on. So are it looked different. Huh? Because they said that in the commentary, but I was just wondering, are the dimensions different at the Stone X than they are at other grounds? I don't know. I don't I, I don't know to be honest. It, I think it um having the artificial surface, I think maybe maybe makes 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 a little bit of a difference. Uh, maybe the ball skids on a little bit more. Um, or the the injury to Mike Williams down down the blind side, where he got for those who haven't seen it, he got his 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 boots kind of caught in the the artificial surface, and it looked like his knee tweaked quite painfully. And obviously, we yeah we know guys like Jack Knoll or even 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 lineup specialists, as you mentioned, G. Luke Charteris weren't able to play on that. That looked that looks that that that, that looked nasty. Um, 
Yeah. What was I saying? I don't know. No, I was just, I was just being, um, yeah. I was just picking at you for saying that you knew, Ben Spencer knew the dimensions, but no, he he did he did have a couple of really nice moments. Um, Tom, I think the fourth point, something that reared its head again for for Bath was the old discipline. Obviously, Sarah Cox in charge of her her second Premiership game, and she absolutely pinged us off the park and and was absolutely right to Bath's ill discipline at scrum time at the breakdown. Um, in almost every area was poor, and I think we could conceded thirteen. 13, well, we conceded 13 tries before this season, but we conceded 13 penalties in the first half, Tom. And I think at one point late in that first half, it was only 6-3, which, which emphasises the point I made about Saracens being frustrated that they probably didn't score more points. But yeah, the ill-discipline men that, that we were never kind of in that game really. And, 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 and that's just a massive issue. Something which we tied up against Harlequins, but was back again with a vengeance. Yeah, and it, it, it's born out of the dominance that, that Saracens yeah. had, as you say. I mean, both at scrum time, I think there were there were twenty penalties overall in the game, which is actually not not too high above our, our kind of season average, which I think is about sixteen. Um, but but a lot of those five or six probably from from scrum penalties, and probably about the same from 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 you know breakdown infringements where we weren't able to clear out quick enough or someone got over the ball from Saracens. So they were very effective in those areas, and I think yeah, we we you know. We, we we were dominated up front, as as you said. Yeah, and I think the final point, Tom, is that, that Saracens were very effective in those areas. And and I thought Saracens were very, were very, very impressive, to be fair. And I think there were a number of guys who were playing that, that, that England could have done with on Saturday, bringing this full circle. I think Billy Winopola looked, looked absolutely fantastic, I thought. And I, I thought England looked pretty lightweight. And I thought Mako at Loosehead looked, looked really good, um, back back to his kind of powerful best. And I thought Ben Earl, who, who you know, I, I rate really, really highly, looked everywhere kind of in that back row. So, so yeah, fair, fair play to Saracens. They were obviously absolutely fantastic there. They're a far, far superior side to us at the moment. And and, and with not all their guys going to to England, as they may have expected, even though they've got like five there, I think they, they look an absolute force to be reckoned with over this period. Yeah, they certainly do. And maybe just a couple of, of last points on, on Bath. Mm. We mentioned against Quinns, you know, we were quite complimentary about, you know, some of the game management that particularly Ben Spencer, Ben Spencer kind of kind of runs in the, in the scrum half shirt. I think, you know, kicking was clearly a, a tactic in, uh, you know, uh, that we'd identified. And at times it, it looked like we, we didn't really even know how we were going to win the game. We were just trying to not lose it by 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 a lot, particularly in that that first half, but I mean, it's it's the same old story above happened against Quinns happened so many times just before half time, conceding those two quick fire tries. And I know you're, you're probably right that it, it should have been more in that first half anyway. But when you work really hard to keep it at six three by hook or by crook, get to thirty seven minutes, and then to concede four penalties, two from from Josh McNally, which were you know un, unforced errors, and to allow Saracens to ping you down into your corner twice before half time and suddenly it's not 6-3 it's 18-3 going to half time they've got all the confidence going to the dressing room it's just it's just so frustrating and we're not managing the the the, the clock as, as as a winning team needs to yeah I think they call them the championship minutes and Bath were a long way from being a championship side well <laughs> we're pretty close to being a championship side um, maybe not in the way that, that those championship minutes are but um 
yeah, I, I agree. They, they they just can't get they just can't get their own way and kind of to concede that that penalty straight off that restart for that first try. Yeah, yeah, very very. And then when and then you know going into that second half when Saracen started to find find that that final pass and click into gear a little bit more, we would. We were. I mean, we mentioned the defense last week. Is it improving? Is it start? Are we starting to get some more structure around it? We were. We were dropping off tackles left, right, and center. Gee, I mean that that uh, the Alex Good break, for example. You've got two, two guys on him, and the, he just he just gets through. What is he? Thirty three, thirty four year old year old guy. I mean, it, it just shouldn't be happening. And when you look at when you look at the numbers, tackle success rate in that game sixty two percent. No. So 129 made and 49 missed, and you—that is—that's unforgivable. Oh, really? Yeah. That yeah. is dreadful. Where is it so, normally? Yeah. What, about 85 percent, ninety percent? Yeah, you normally see about eighty to eighty-five. So down at down at sixty-two, forty-nine defenders beaten from Saracens over eighteen hundred and fourteen meters, fifteen clean breaks compared to Bath's two. So yeah. Oh. I think old, old Brent's got a little bit, little bit more work to do before we, we, we're singing his praises properly. <laughs> oh yeah, there's got to be a Brent quote there, but I'll avoid it. Um, I wonder why, I mean, you probably don't have it to hand, Tom, you may do because you're, you're that sort of bloke, but I wonder what it was when they beat a 71-17 because it can't have been many more metres made than 814 and bar slipping on 49 tackles, which I guess kind of em- emphasises my point that, yeah, you know, they look so, so superior. And yeah, I think on another day it could and probably should have been a lot more and, and Saracens could have never really got out of, of third or fourth gear and still put us away by, by 37 points. Have I given you enough time to get the start? Yeah, you have it was 75% that day. So, um, and how many how many meters made by Saracens on that day? Only 480, which is a surprise. So they made double the meters made, and and kind of on a day when they only beat us by oh, I say only, so yeah, a really another really tough day. Tom, I wonder if there's kind of in a sentence any positives to take with a performance from an individual or anything small in the game that you saw. Um, one very small positive to take was the return of of Tom Dunn in the sixteen shirt. Obviously, friend friend of the podcast. Um, he, he's he's been. I saw him actually a week or two ago at that at the Quinns game, and he he looked to be chomping at the bit to get back. So pleased to see him him come off the bench. But I think, yeah, I think I think that's about all really to to, to take of it. I, one thing I forgot to mention was the you know Orlando Bailey having picked up a, a hamstring injury in England camp, and that's just one of those things that's it's really annoying as a Bath fan because. We ship so many players off to England and it, it does seem like we've been quite unlucky with guys getting injured in training squads. Joe Thock and Asiga obviously picking up the injury in, in Japan, which the club weren't told about. Anthony Watson's Achilles, which kept him another kind of, you know, one of one of our stars out for a significant amount of time. Rory McConaughey had a hamstring injury in England camp as well. Um, I'm sure Sam Underhill would have picked up one of his countless injuries in England as well. So it just feels like it's another example of our guys probably getting flogged too hard in England camp and, and getting injured. And when you've already got Danny Cipriani and Tien Schumann unavailable, it's just annoying. And I start this podcast with with calling Eddie out a little bit, but he needs to sort that out because we we we, we really miss having Bailey at intention because not only because he's such a good operator, but also because it means that everyone has to do different roles. Everyone has to take on these additional 
responsibilities, Cam Redpath doing the, the dropout and whatever. And it's just like, we want the guys playing in their best position. So yeah, I ran over, but I was, I was, uh, yeah, I was, I got my blood boiling a little bit when, when it was announced that he'd, he'd picked up that injury. Yeah. Certain, certain things do get our blood boiling and that, that is certainly one of them. And I, you hear, you hear, like England boys talk about it and you hear Max Ajoma on the podcast last week talking about him being balls out at England camp it does sound pretty brutal and, and Jones does get the kind of get results with England team with, with teams that he's been around past but I think his methods are, 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 what, are at what expense though at what expense uh, his methods are at times detrimental to, to the club the club game in which he ultimately relies on so yeah, very, very difficult, very difficult weekend from a Bath point of view and from from an England point of view, and that that was kind of the even though it was before the the cherry, the cherry on the top of the cake. Um, from one solar stadium to another for Bath, <laughs> from the Stonex to the Rico, Bath facing perhaps the form side in the Premiership this weekend. Tom, as we move on to talk about the trip to Wasps Saturday, three pm kickoff sat just before the mouth-watering game Ireland v France in the Six Nations. So another fantastic weekend of rugby, I'm sure. Hopefully some results start to turn from from our perspective, Tom. But we go in 17-point underdogs against a side who have beaten Leicester, Saracens and Exeter in their last three games, potentially the three best teams in the league. Beat Toulouse in the Heineken Cup or the Champions Cup a couple of weeks before. This looks to be a tough, tough ask. It really does. I mean, yeah, there's not not four, not not a bad four names to have on your on your record, is it? For the last four out of the last five games, they're looking they're looking in in great form. Um, we to come back against Exeter very late on. I think they scored two tries, one in sort of the seventy eighth minute, and then one something like the eighty fifth minute to 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 beat Exeter. So they're they're they must be really really high on confidence. I I think. They'll see this as a as an opportunity to put a bit of a number on us, um, and I, I, you know, I think I think it's going to be tough. I mean, the only slight silver lining, and we, we were discussing this briefly, and back, back back to England a little bit, is that Joe Launchbury, who's, who's recently returned and's been been tearing up trees, he's been called up to England to replace um, to replace Lewis Dudlam, who, who picked up a rib injury, I think it is. So that's one guy that they won't have available, and it might be that we have some guys coming back into the fray. We we don't know who exactly will be available, but we know Joe Felconasiga is close, having been been carrying the water. Toby Falatau, I mean, it, it, he's not timed his injury return for the start of Six Nations, which is which is unlike him, but you'd think he'd you'd think he'd want to get a, a couple of games in for Wales over the next few months to to, to, to give them a hand out of the hole that that they are in. Tom de Glanville as well, and he'd be a welcome addition, I think, to the to the fullback shirt. Let Rocco Daguni return to his kind of favoured favoured wing, and then as as we mentioned, Orlando Bailey as well. Should have said that the hamstring injury kind of not as not not particularly serious. I think he was he was he's just missed out. I think on the on on selection for for for, for the game at the weekend. So hopefully he will be available. And that means we can shift Max Germer back out to. To twelve, which I'm sure he he'll be pleased of. He must be sick of playing ten. So, yeah, going to be going to be very difficult against, as you say, a, a team in in very good form, a team that are, are dominating other teams up front as well. Elliot Stuke, 
you know, I think he was, I think he was in the, in the, in the, his name was in the hat for player of the month last month. So nice to see him doing well, but it's got all the makings of a, of a difficult game. We've just got to hope that we get some, we, we get some, we get some guys back who, who have been chomping at the bit to, to play. Yeah. And I think I found a positive from the weekend, Tom. I think England losing, Scotland are going to convince themselves that they don't need Cam Redpath. So hopefully he will stick around for Bath for a bit longer. Um, he should absolutely be playing for Scotland, but they don't think that crazily. So he might be able to play for for Bath, which 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 would mean we might see that that axis of Bailey, Adroma, and Redpath. Um, in the in in the center for Bath, but but yeah, but yeah, look looks extremely extremely difficult. Um, they did pick up a few injuries. I think Shields, Fekatoa, um, and one other went off in that game. So so maybe they'll be that they they might be slightly affected by that. I know that Alpi Barbary's been been in and around the England squad. He came back late and, and was influential towards the end of that get that win against Exeter. Yeah. He may he may not be able to feature. But that's really clutching at straws, and, and I think it's going to take something. It's going to take Wasp playing below, way below the level of what they've played over the last few weeks for Bath to have any chance. And I think even if Wasp do play below that level, Bath can have to go back to the level we saw against Quinns to have some chance here. So, so yeah, uh, uh, what looks to be another another tough tough weekend. And and if we are going to if we are going to chase Worcester down. Then, then maybe we start need to get something from this game. Although another another loss, another pointless, uh, a pointless day for Worcester, thirty six sixteen away to away to Leicester. So, yeah, it's it's, it's not changed the, the the equation from our point of view. And no, they're, they're away, they're away to, yeah, they're away to Sale, so that's that's not an easy game. Um, one thing I've just seen, by the way, last last bit of news. So Luke Northmore's been ruled out of the England training squad. He's picked up a hamstring injury. So they brought in another centre. Brought in Tom Pearson from London Irish. I don't get that. Oh, <laughs> no, Breaking news. Not often have breaking news, but Tom's just dropped in the Luke Pearson call. Oh, he's, he's a lock. Oh, I thought he was a, he was a centre replacing Northmore. So I was gonna, I was gonna have a rant about Max German not getting, not get, not getting the call up that he deserves. But ignore me, maybe we'll cut that out <laughs> if you out. <laughs> not a chance for cutting it out. <laughs> Your turn, I think, this week to to vent some frustrations on the podcast. Thank you very much again for for joining me. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in after another difficult weekend. Hope you enjoyed it. Please do subscribe. You know what? Go back and listen to the interview we had with with Max Ajoma. That might cheer you up. We're in much more buoyant spirits then. Um, another a tough weekend, but but we move on. Um, please do subscribe. Share it around. Valentine's Day around the corner. Looking for a special gift for your loved one? Then please pass on the podcast. Um, thank you for listening, and stick behind the boys through thick and thin. <laughs>